pull up a bar stool. All right, welcome back. We're gonna have a good show today. We've got John Robinson back on with me today, and we're gonna talk about masterminds. And if you know where I'm coming from on this topic, you'll know I don't have the best impression of masterminds. But we'll get into all that. But ultimately, the type of quote unquote mastermind or gathering or happy hour that I actually prefer and I think is valuable. So I think you're gonna enjoy this. Sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLimmer.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here's another edition here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on entrepreneurship. This week, I invite JR, John Robinson, my backup CEO and business manager, back on the show. How you doing, JR? I am fantastic, and as usual, you find a way to get me to chuckle. Chuckle. Which takes all the little nerves away of... You know, doing this. I this intentionally podcast. screw stuff up to make it easier for you. Nice, thank you. You're, You're so welcome. kind and generous. I am. So, what we got today? Well, what we have today has been inspired by a post that I did yesterday on Instagram and Facebook. Look at and you it was a- getting all yeah. all the savvy with the social media. Yes, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It's like you're one of the new kids, the young guys. (laughs) Exactly. So I took a picture of a stack of books that I would describe as mm, influential to me a little bit. And I'm not saying they're the best of books or anything like that. It was just in this moment, in this time, mid-year, well, almost a little past mid-year because it's almost August 1st. But uh, it was just me reflecting back and saying, all right, what have I read this year? And what's some of the energy that I've gotten from some of these books? So, like I said, I posted this and I asked the question, kind of, what's your stack? You know, asking people, like, what, what would they take a picture of and say was in, informational, inspiring, educational to them? Now, with that said, not many people had anything to share other than I'm going to read that. They looked at my list and looked at it as lists of things they should read versus them just sharing mm-hmm. what they read and what they do. So with all that said, it caused me to think about masterminds and what I believe masterminds are supposed to be and kind of what they are. And I figured, you know what, what better time than to kind of ask, go into this topic with you to talk about not only masterminds, but a few other things. So that's what I want to talk about. Okay. Well, I knew we were going to talk about this topic. Ugh, I hate when I tell you what we're going to talk about because you have this confidence in you that's like, oh, I'm going to hit this out the park. Like, uh-huh. like it's like it's an underhand softball lob, which it's not. Well, I mean, just to catch anybody up, I just hate the word. I really do. I think it sounds snobby and uppity mastermind i think it sounds like a fraternity uh now i understand a lot of people get a lot out of them 
uh, I don't know. I can't, I can't really say one way or the other. Like uh, the percentage, like how many of these are great and they're effective and whatnot. But I feel like a lot of times, just a matter of, I just want to get as many big names together in one place as we can and feel important. And whenever it's like meeting in, in one place physically as well, just it go, goes through my mind of like all these obstacles I have to go through just to meet with these people and then to do what exactly to, to mastermind. I, I like where you're going with this because I think it's a great first step to just define what a mastermind is and isn't because it's a label. It is a label. It's a label. And, 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 I, and I would feel a lot better about it if it was labeled differently. Okay, so you're just, you're walking down the plank right now with me. So I'm glad you're doing that because I completely agree with you. I hate the word mastermind. I, I, I just hate it. And it has a connotation of elitism. Mm, that's the word and, I was looking for. There we go. Right. And it also has a connotation of take versus give. And, and I've been in these. I've paid $1,000 a month for five years to be in a, in quotes, mastermind. Right. To be in a room with 10 CEOs for eight hours once a month. And that was one program. And I'm still involved in that program, but it's, it's, an, it's evolved to what I really like it to be. So do I call it a mastermind? No. Anything that I participate in now is called a gathering. I don't hmm. ever call it a mastermind anymore because if I call it a mastermind, I've already turned my stomach to it. Like I've already cringed. I've already know, like if somebody says, hey, I'm gonna invite you to a mastermind, I'll say, no, thank you. Thank you for the invite. No, thank you. Because it just hasn't been defined appropriately. So that's why I've I've relabeled it a couple of ways. One, to call it a gathering. And then two, I've been testing out for six months a concept called a high-performance huddle. That's what I thought. It's like, uh, what's, a, what's the difference between a high-performance huddle and a mastermind? For me, I've been testing out mm, three groups once a week for one hour, eight to 10 people that get together online, uh, online and in person, strike that. They're, they're, I'm testing out an in-person model as well. And what I wanted to see was, could I get a gathering of people to come to the table and share what they read, mm -hmm. what they listen to, uh, who they know, who they know that might be doing some amazing stuff, and they might be learning from some, some amazing things from. And then um, what's the last thing? So it's read, oh, the training they're invested in. So a, a lot of people invest in a lot of training that they end up kind of sharing with you because they're learning it, but they're not telling you, well, I just took so-and-so's training and this is what I learned at it. Instead, they just share it and then you never know that they invested the money in it. So, so long-windedly, I just look at if a mastermind was that of sharing what I read, what I listen to, who I know, and what training I'm invested in, and maybe some personal performance hacks. That to me would be a cool gathering. Yeah, and you know, it's and I think it, there's a it's it's right to kind of differentiate. So you got the the groups that are free and aren't part of some big marketing push where it's it's all about let's 
try to get as much value as a group, as a community as possible, as opposed to something that's promoted in big sales words, trying to get $1,000 a month or something like that about bringing the best of the best, the smartest of the smartest, you know, all this, to win, you know, learn all this invaluable information through osmosis, you know, all this, all this stuff. And which really it's just a matter of let's get as many of these people together as we can to promote it, to get other people to join and show them how, how, how incredibly valuable it is because these other people joined and it's fear of missing out. I, I love you bring that up because in my test, I have a, a face-to-face ex- gathering on Monday of next week in San Diego. And it may be a room of 40 people. I'm not sure. I haven't checked the sign-ups yet. It's free. Well, no, it's 30 bucks because it's a dinner and a glass of wine. So in essence, you pay, but you're paying to feed yourself. <laughs> so it's not to pay to be yeah. in the room. But I have handpicked the people that people would want to know. So I picked five people that I, I am so happy to share who they are, what they're working on, and then have them share what they listen to, what they read, you know, who yeah. they know and what training they invested in. So I handpicked five people. And this is something you and I aren't really good at, or maybe you're better than me on this. Probably. I feel so uneat. I feel so uneasy about excluding people. Hmm. I feel uneasy about like, okay, if you don't come here with this mindset that you're going to give, then I don't want you in here. And and I, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a little of the note that I just sent out this morning. And I said, um, Hey, are you around next Monday at five 30? If so, the mega committee is hosting a high performance huddle at the university club and the university club is, you know, the social club I belong to in San Diego. And I, and I said, Hey, what is a high performance huddle? It says it's for the kind of people who bring chips to the table and want to share them. It's not a networking event. This is a gathering of handpicked people that you know, and will want to know. And, and that was the message because I wanted to show some type of, intention that people are uh, that are coming to the table with some experiences you know what they've tried some things and they they're willing to share you know their failures and and how they overcame some stuff so yeah so yes I think it depends what yeah so what, what do you want to get out of it because uh, I think a lot of people are joining these $1,000 a month or whatever uh, masterminds as a way of rubbing elbows with the elite and, and joining this fraternity to say that you're part of this, this group to show you know, some level that you've achieved, that you're able to afford it, this and that. So that, that's one thing. And another would be joining something purely out of giving and, and receiving and community and sharing, uh, sharing stories and obstacles and strategies and whatnot. So what's the closest thing we have to a mastermind? I think this will, this will pretty much underscore my feelings about mastermind. What's the, what's the closest thing we have to a mastermind? We have one. It's a trick question. No, we have one. We have one. I'm scared to answer. It's a happy hour. Oh, That shows yes. what I think about, you know, about this concept, right? So it's, you don't even buy into the happy hour. 
Happy hour is one of the perks of joining PHC Elite in the first place. And happy hour is meant to be relaxed and casual, not elitist. It's called a freaking happy hour, after all, where you get $2 beers, right? So it's all about sharing stories, talking, being, you know, talking to like-minded people. That's it. Um, but that, that's how I get value out of this stuff. That's what I want to get out of a gathering or a mastermind or a happy hour. It has nothing to do with uh, making sh- st- with networking and connecting with the best of the best and all this stuff and buying into a fraternity or anything like that. That's what I want to get out of it. Now, the question is, do other people at PHC Elite have those same values and same um, goals in terms of what they want to get out of a mastermind? I don't know. It's kind of uh, what you have to sort out. I, I hate that I had a little of a little timid feeling in my stomach to not answer that because of course that's what it was designed for a while ago is that that's exactly what I wanted as we talk through how do we create a gathering that there would be mutual exchange meaning that it would be I'm coming in I'm gonna give where I can see I can give and I'm gonna ask so that I can answer any questions that are burning inside me. That yeah. is what happy hour is. And now, and I, just to, to interject, I mean, one, one goal for me with that too, is that this, even though it is falling under PHC, which is under my brand, which is like you know, all this stuff, I'm an equal in there. I'm not running it that everybody's contributing as an equal. That's, that's kind of the way I see happy hour as well. Yeah, and that's a that's a rule. That's a good mm. rule to have as as anyone who's listening to this and they're like, "You know what? I want to create my own gathering." Setting your rules and your intentions. If the rule is I'm going to exclude and these are the reasons I'm going to exclude. If the rule is when you come in the room everyone is equal. No one is higher or lower in in a hierarchy. That's great. A lot of the, the biggest gatherings that have the most effectiveness, you never know what someone's title is in the room. You just know them for maybe the project they're working on. But other than that, you don't know if they're a CEO, if they're a technician, if they're what have you. So I like that that rule continues to be present in the monthly happy hour. And with that said, we are scheduled a happy hour in August, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll be mid, mid-August. Yep. Nice. All right. So with all that said, we redefined what a mastermind means to us. And like I said, I'm testing out these high-performance huddles to see you know, what it would look like. I'm also testing out one with a professional moderator where seven people, the eighth person's a professional moderator, once a month, high expansion topics. Not sure yet what it is, but I'm co-designing that with a, um, a moderator. And we'll see. We'll see what where we can evolve this. Can you do one that really works well face-to-face? Can you do one that's more you know, free-spirited like a happy hour? Or can you do one that's more rigid with particular prompts? I don't know. We'll see. But I'm enjoying testing all of those. And with that said, I know that on occasion we end up designing something on the spot in a pubcast. 
I think one of the things I want to test out is this high performance huddle within the PHC entrepreneur community. I'd love to see if I could get eight people who really want to focus on what they're putting out into the world and coming to the table maybe bi-weekly with here I'm looking for feedback. Here's what I'm here's what I'm shipping, here's what I'm putting on the world, here's where I'm stuck. Or better yet, come in and answer questions for seven other people or six other people that might be doing that. So I'm just thinking out loud, but that that might be a cool little experiment to do in September. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, right, by, so, by, by the way, just before you continue, Andrew's watching us right now. And oof. yeah, so and he was not so slow to answer my question about what our mastermind is. And he was quick to say happy hour. Mm-hmm. And he did, also went did, on you to say, get, did you get the answer from him or did you no. come up with it yourself? <laughs> no. Then he went on to say, masterminds to me are totally about status. Rarely are they tactical and many times are they about perceived value before arriving. Agree on title anonymity, anonymity, JR. Yeah, it, so for me, a lot of it's just perception of what uh, these are because I, I never join them. Um, so from the outside, they, they certainly seem to be about status, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Andrew. And it's kind of funny when you start thinking about the type of person someone is, and then you say, could you see Andrew in a mastermind? I chuckle because I, I would not see Andrew in a mastermind. However, I would see him in a room sharing what he's reading, what he's listening to, what training he's involved in, or training that he's teaching, as well as the people that he knows. Like, he is very generous. And with that said, I believe a characteristic or a trait that is super present in this, let's call it high performance huddle or gathering or something different than mastermind, is generosity. So, yeah, I wouldn't think intuitively that everyone would be generous in masterminds. Right. And I could be completely wrong. I just haven't found that mastermind just yet. Okay. okay. So mo- moving on, and the spirit of a gathering right now, and in the spirit of you being generous, John Loomer, what are you reading or what have you read? If you had a personal stack mm-hmm. of things that you read, yeah, I'm la- I love this. I love that you just chuckled like that. Um, is there a picture of a stack of books or a stack of reading that you would share and be like, yeah, this is, this stands out to me? No. Okay. Is and that, I'm not a book reader. I know that okay. sounds like, man, this guy's not very smart. I just, I don't have the, uh, the attention span, the commitment to finish a book. I just don't. I read all day. I read online. So, so let's explore that a little bit. Why do you believe you have to finish the book? Because usually, now, this is going back to reading as a kid, but usually the conclusion is the most important part. <laughs> now, also <laughs> when I was a kid, I would, uh, you know, read the cliff notes or, you know, just get to that final chapter so I knew what happened. Um, but, uh, no, I feel like, you know, it kind of depends on the subject matter, but oftentimes, like, if I, if I can't finish it, you know, why am I going to start? 
Okay. Well, I, I now I know you a little bit more because uh, there's something about being John Loomer <laughs> that I didn't know about, which was yeah. that. Well, because it, I when you think about it, it's it's one thing making excuses and saying attention span and all that kind of stuff. The reality is, I have very few pockets of time where it's like I'm going to dedicate this to reading a book and um, that's really what it comes down to for me is like I just can't commit that time to reading of all this other stuff pretty much having to do with being a father uh, that a lot of you know anyone who's a parent and they work from home and they've got three really active kids you totally get it it's like where do you get the time to just oh I'm going to spend an hour and a half reading a book no well, next time you introduce me for the podcast, also acknowledge me as your professional reader. Because while you don't read, <laughs> I read. I read lots, anywhere from two to six books a month. And it's crazy to me. I, I read through physical books as well as audio. I listen to them at two, either either one and a half to two times speed, and I power through them. And so I read so you don't have to. And a lot of the innovations and things through the years with this business have been inspired by other people's creations, other people's books, other people's ideas. And the funny part is you may not know where it came from because some of it's inspired by authors and some of it is a output of a couple of different books that came to mind or ideas that come to mind. So, so there is value. I will tell you that if you said of all the books that are behind me and around the house, have I finished a hundred percent of them? No way. I found myself getting stuck in a breakthrough in a book and it could have been in chapter two and never finished the book or chapter eight of 10. And yeah, or maybe I rarely see that the best work comes at the end. That's not that's not what I've seen lately, as as how authors are putting content out there. But I also know this: there's a lot of fluff in 300 page books. I'm like, I don't need to hear about Starbucks, Southwest Airlines, and I can't even think of another. Or, and Apple again. <laughs> I'm so sick of those stories of, that are innovation, customer experience, marketing, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, some, part of what is an objection for me with reading isn't the time part. It's m- making the point. No, please make the point. And I'm okay with buying a, a book that's 100 pages and it has a lot of powerful and punchy points versus one that's 300 pages that I really didn't get much out of it. So, all right, so thanks for answering that question. So on to what do you listen to? Knowing that this is a podcast and knowing that people do listen to podcasts, what about you? I do not listen to podcasts. Okay, so is your objection the same objection that you have for reading? It's very similar. Which which is time. Yeah, Yeah, it's very similar. I mean, it's, so unlike listening to music, for example, where it's broken up into four-minute increments of commitment. Um, I'm committing to at least a show, which is oftentimes 45 minutes or an hour. Um, And really, I don't see myself just jumping into a single episode either. Right? It's just randomly, oh, I'm going to listen to this one episode. 
it'd, it'd be more of like committing to a series on Netflix, right? And just one more thing, I don't, and I don't like listen to podcasts when I run. If I listen to anything, it's music or nothing at all. Uh, so those, and I am not a multitasker. So anyone who's like, oh, I, I, I listen to a podcast while I'm working. No, uh, there's no way I could do it because I wouldn't hear a thing uh, mm. or I wouldn't work while I was listening. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm glad you don't listen to podcasts while you work then. Yeah. So I, thanks for that share because I, I think there are a lot of people out there that are binge watchers, binge listeners to series and the one-off stuff, yeah, I could see that. I could see that not being that appealing. Like, where do you where do you jump in? Like the the show Twenty Four Hours. I never watched it because I thought I, I missed the first episode. Yeah. And missing the first episode, and missing the first episode, I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do this. Now. So, so basically, so, what we're saying is we're we're creating this podcast for people who aren't like me. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Is like, and and then I was going to ask you the Kanye West question. Which is, do you listen to your stuff just like Kanye listens to his own music? No. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it, I think at the very beginning I did just because uh, it was all so new to me. So new to me. Yeah. And just yeah. I was curious how it sounded and how it came off and every, how it was edited and everything else. But um, for all I know, uh, it's a complete mess because I, yeah. I, I haven't listened to it. I don't know. So, Dan, I hope you're doing a good job <laughs> editing <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. So that's point two. Point three. So we know what you read or don't read. We know what you don't listen to. <laughs> what about training? So do you invest in training? I'm, I'm coming off looking so bad in all this, aren't I? No, it's, I not, about looking, it's not about looking bad, but it's, it is about personal development and expansion and, and what you intend to get better at. And this training one is going to be an interesting answer for, for for me to listen to with you because I think there is a hidden answer. So let's do the topical answer is, do you invest in training? I do not. Okay. Um, now, yeah. with that said, learning, if I said, do you invest in learning? Oh, I, yes. I okay. mean, invest. So, in, not, not, not monetarily. Right. So, I mean, I consider myself, I mean, it, what's really consistent, if you go back to the last 20 years, is I'm self-taught at just about everything. Mm-hmm. So when I say self-taught, it doesn't mean I'm not informed by others. It means I take pieces, bits and pieces, and reading, and a lot of hands-on, and whatnot. So... For me, nothing's more valuable to learn something than just do it. That's why I get frustrated when people ask me, should I do this? Or which works better, this or that? I don't know. Try it. Find out. Find out what works best for you. Um, So for me, there's there's no better experience in education than hands-on. So, I mean, I go back to writing, creating a website, um, uh, Excel, like Excel, like that, that's some of my like program. I did like programs basically that I created through Excel and just like formulas and stuff like that. All that was self-taught. 
mark just marketing and advertising and blogging and all that stuff self-taught just slash bits and pieces taking stuff from here and there uh, but never did i have i invested in a training course that i know was a little crazy well I, I like that answer too because the word inspired by i like that that you said well you know what i didn't invest in training but when i do learn i'm inspired by people i'm inspired by an idea i'm inspired by stuff and i would describe you as an experimenter so while you may not invest in traditional training programs you invest in experiments that's what you do you tinker Mm -hmm. and you do that pretty well now i would not say that of some of the experiments that you spent some pretty decent money on that we won't tell Lisa how much money you spent. Lisa is his wife. Um, nice. but she but does not essence, listen to podcasts either. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that said, um, you spent a lot of money in the university of you. Like uh, how much would you guess that you spent in Facebook ad testing through the years? I don't know. Because I don't know where you draw the line between testing and... Well, you want to learn something. So in in essence, you want to learn something. You want to learn if this campaign worked. You want to learn if this this image worked. If you want to learn if this questionnaire method worked. I mean, that's that's what learning is. So what would you guess? 10 grand? No, way more than that. Just because see, I love I, I love your little expression because I said that so I could get that out of you because you've invested as much as people invest in getting an MBA, guaranteed. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think just about every ad I run is an experiment, though, mm-hmm. and that's the way it people is. should look at it. It's like it's not like I've got it all figured out. This is going to work. It's like no, is this going to work? Let's find out. And so that, that's why I, I'm more the mode of. I'm going to find out on my own as opposed to having someone tell me how to do it, whereas it may not apply to what I'm doing. And it, I know you're about to say something, but I think I want to continue that, that thought because I was about to say something. But I think during the first two years of my business is where it really kind of drilled home how training programs, buying train me personally buying training programs and, and putting too much faith in others telling me how to do things uh, I, I learned that that wasn't for me at all because when I was starting my business, I did too much of that where I didn't trust myself and I listened to others and I started doing things the ways that I, I never should have done them in the early going. And um, after a while, I figured out this, this is ridiculous. I'm, I need to just experiment, try things out myself, see what works and um invest in myself in that way as opposed to buying these training programs where I think I just assumed they knew what they taught we're talking about in a lot of cases they may not have yeah I hear you so let's give another edge because I said 10 grand and you had a very animated face to that is it over six figures that you've invested through the years yes good because I, I want people to get that. It's like you, you wonder about, should I invest six figures in getting my master's in business administration or should I invest six figures in learning something that I could apply today so I could build a business model or I can expand, blah, 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 whatever it is. So thank you for sharing that. The last thing, 
are there any influences? Because like you said, you're informed by, you, you learn through experimentation and then you look for those to model. Are there any people that come to mind for you? If we were in a high performance huddle right now in a room and you just stated, I don't read anything, I don't listen to anything, I don't invest in any training, but here are a couple of guys or men or women that have influenced me. Yeah, I mean, especially if we go back to the beginning, there's a lot of that. I mean, Marcus Sheridan, Chris Brogan, Mark Schaefer, I mean, Andrew, you inspired me. And so, I mean, there, there's a long list of people who I have taken bits and pieces from over the years, um, as opposed to like uh, having them tell me how to do an entire task or whatnot. Um, I, th- I think it's uh, there are certain things that I'm like, okay, I never thought of it, thought of doing it that way. It was inspiration to to trying it a different way. One of the coolest things that I look forward to each year, and kind of how we used to look forward to you being on the best 50 blogger list or best 10 list back in the days when we were like, yay, we're on the list, and then now it's like uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I I look forward to each year when you publish your thank you email your thank you is it email you've only done email you've never done video right uh, no i've done i've done email i've done blog posts on that right yeah i i so look forward to that and and the reason why i think it's one of the best gratitude practices that i see from you during the year now i'm not painting you as a person that doesn't say thank you because you you do say thank you because lisa's taught you how to say thank you now but um I, you do a good job of saying thank you throughout the year, but it's pretty cool to see how humility, or how, you know, the word is really humble, that you are, that you acknowledge those people that you've been inspired by, that have informed you. And for you to even go those to quickly to the names you just did shows that you, you respect what their contribution is. And going forward, you talked about in the beginning, are there any people now that you look toward for energy, <laughs> guidance, inspiration? Um, yeah. Are there any people like that? Not as Which much so. People? Not as much okay. so these days. I think, Yeah. honestly, our because I'm almost more like uh, kind of ducked into my own shell a little bit you know, over the last few years. And uh, I mean, people don't see me nearly as much, whether it's in person or online or whatnot. And well, it's just because I'm, you know, it's just, uh, I feel like I'm in a different place. So my inspiration is more from people like you and Andrew and people close to me, as opposed to getting into all the marketing scene of blogging and everything else. No, I like that. I like for people to see that evolution. Cause yeah, in the beginning, you're going to need more people around you to put the jumper cables on you, to jumpstart you, to get you going. And then later in the life cycle of your business, you kind of find out, well, hey, here are the few people that are in my corner. If I'm Muhammad Ali, then this is my trainer. This is my, you know, the support that I have. And they've been since my first fight till my last fight. So I like that. All right, that's all I have. So in the spirit of 
a high performance huddle as my just my voice cracked mm. um this was not a mastermind this was us just going back and forth sharing and what we listen to we read who we know or who we're inspired by and then what training we have uh in our in our in our backpack or whatever your toolbox so for those that are out there that are listening to this and you are considering joining a mastermind mm-hmm. keep in mind you know what it is why you want to go into it what you want to get out of it and what you're willing to give if you don't have that answered then be careful about writing that first check yeah is it all about status and networking or what is it you're trying to get out of it? Yeah. Right. Because if it's a big check, it's usually about status and network. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'd agree. All right, that's all I all got. Right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Uh, I just called you Andrew. <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for watching, because I know you were there. You put a bunch of questions that we were completely ignoring. And Jared, Jared doesn't know how to use Facebook, so he can't find those questions that you put in there. But, uh... <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, JR. Until next time, do awesome things. We are out.